All right, guys, welcome back to the Like Minds Podcast, an open journal for creatives and entrepreneurs. I'm Josh Allen, joined, all, joined as always by my friend Adam Davis. Uh, today's guest, a uh, friend of mine, Frankie Fabre. He owns Fabre Media. He is a uh, photographer, filmmaker, creative entrepreneur. Obviously, he owns a business. Uh, really motivational dude. Uh, shares a lot of insight on starting out as, you know, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a photographer as well. Um, what it's like owning a business and what it's like, um, you know, just hustling, you know. Frankie gave a lot of good insight on that. Uh, for, sure. Uh, go ahead. And uh, this, was, this was actually my first time meeting him. So I'm meeting him along with you guys. He's a very motivational dude. And I think that you guys can definitely learn a lot about the world of hustling and entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, guys, welcome to the Like Minds podcast. We have a special guest today, Frankie Fabre, a friend of mine. We've worked together on, uh, I've worked on a couple of his sets. we met off Instagram, actually. Uh, Frankie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, first and foremost, I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. Um, as, he's, as my brother has mentioned, uh, you know, we've, we've done some work together. I am a creative. I do a lot of content creation. And uh, yeah, we've had the privilege to work together. And Josh's always been a cool guy, always been love. Uh, see, you've got the quarantine beards going on, you know, so... Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, if you got any other questions as in regards to any specifics, I'll be happy to share that. Um, I'm out in Chicago. I have an agency out here and uh, we do a lot of brand development, content creation. Uh, we deal with ad spent, like paid media. And ultimately what we do is we create content to uh, gear towards specific audiences uh, with the focus of being able to generate revenue from that content or build you know, awareness through consistency and in content. For, For sure, and this is, uh, this is my first time meeting Frankie as well, so uh, along with our, our viewers. So uh, it's nice meeting you, and I'm definitely interested to dig a little deeper into your entrepreneurship background. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man, um, let's get into it. You, uh, so you have uh, a uh, social media marketing agency currently called Fabre Media. Uh, and when did you found that a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me like two seconds. You're at the All editing right. part. Hold on. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 short, short story. This is, this could be a great, like, um, uh, funny moment, but so I, I moved from Chicago to Florida. I lived in Florida for six years. Okay. And so, uh, I got family out here. Uh, and I was in Tampa, Florida and Fort Myers, Florida. So right now I'm in Tampa. And, um, you know, I was doing some work out here, so I had to come see the fam. And, you know, right now we're playing Monopoly. So <laughs> she just got a property. This is like the last property on the whole board. So she's like ecstatic right now. So that's oh, man. nobody died. Nobody died. Monopoly is a, a, a dangerous game to play with your family because I don't know how it goes with your family. But it's like my family, it's, it turns you to the worst person, right? Because everybody that's still in the game just the uh, second to last is always just laughing at the person who's losing all their money until they're out of the game. 
And then when second to last is in last place, the next person is eyeing them down. And you just get so depressed, though. Right. I mean, you know, it, I, I think Monopoly, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a competitive game. It's like a sport. Um, and at the end of the day, it's about strategy. It's about relationship, right, yeah. with the people mm -hmm. at the table. So, you know, uh, just like even with the business I do, uh, what kind of value can I bring to the situation? And is it valuable? And if so, let's make a deal. And uh, let's see how that works. I want you to benefit as well as I want to benefit. So yeah. I, think, I think outside of the competitiveness, which if in, in, in a pure state, it can be beneficial. Um, but there's principles in this game that is parallel to life in itself. Yeah, for sure. So I actually got a quick question for you, uh, Frankie. Uh, yeah. So you have Fabre Media. I'm, I'm just curious, what is, what's the business model of Fabre Media and how, how do you guys make your money, basically? Yeah, definitely, man. So, um, I mean, we can, to answer that question specifically, I can do a little a backstory. Prior to Fabre Media, I owned a media company. I started when I was 21 years old. Um, I just turned 29 and... Um, I'm on to my second company, my first company, I like to call it my, um, my lesson learned company, my trial and error. Nobody taught me how to do A, B, and C. It was something I had to figure out for myself and, and acquire information from different resources, but it was definitely one where I had to choose for myself um, whether I was gonna allow this to teach me and it wasn't something that I loved to continue or was I gonna walk down a different path and choose a different life. Um, but after that, uh, about, I want to say, three years ago now, um, although my portfolio now, I started this three years be, uh, um, prior. I started this three years ago, but now I had a portfolio, lessons learned, and a lot more wisdom and understanding on how to operate. So I took those understandings and lessons and principles that I learned and in, 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 in the failures that I had, um, and then I've applied them to Fabry Media. Now, Fabry Media, we work off of a uh, retainer-based uh, um, business structure, mainly. That's, that's our, our consistent flow. So we have our one-offs all the time, right? Um, but we typically work off of a 12-month contract. And within that 12-month contract, there's monthly retainers to that. And so how we deal with clients, I mean, most important, there's no, with what we do, there's no, there's no cookie-cutter option. Right, this isn't a subscription model. This is $29.99 and uh, pay that every month and you're gonna get this. Why? Because uh, we deal with multiple industries and so although the principles of generating something from an investment is the same, the models are different, right? For instance, um, I might be in the food industry but I'm not gonna sell beef patties to vegans, right? So yeah. that means that the approach, uh, the content, um, the language, the vernacular is completely different, right? Because I'm speaking to a different person, which means how they, what they're receptive to isn't what the other people over there are receptive to. So those are um, important things that we typically discover um, within what we call a discovery meeting with understanding what does the client need? What does the customer need? We figure that out, then we structure um, off of understanding what they need me being in the industry for so long, I know what it's gonna require me. So we figure out what the hard cost is gonna be, what the market cost is, and where the profit can be. And then we generate an SOW, which is a you know, scope of work, 
and in that is what it is that we believe is necessary to accomplish their goal, because now we know their goal. The ticket price to that, how long that's going to be, what the deliverables are, dates, due dates, and then when that's going to begin. So that's a quick synopsis of, of the process. Okay, okay. So, so if I wanted to use Fabre Media for my own business, uh, I would basically come to you and then you would come up with some type of game plan essentially to, to market to people. So I'm interested, what are some of the mechanisms that you, you tend to use? Like, are you making YouTube videos? Is it more Instagram focused or are you using like Google AdSense or, or Facebook AdSense or, or, or whatever? What are some of the mechanisms that you're using to actually market for these businesses? All the above, right? So, um, everything's predicated on your audience. So if, if I'm dealing with something that is um, product-based, right? Instagram is going to be a huge uh, market as far as a platform because the audience is living in that place. So we're going to build up house there. But initially, when we go into um, any type of project with any type of client, what we typically like to do is figure out exactly where they want to be. And then we reverse engineer that and they get an idea of the scope of work of how we have to do that. Now, adaptability, flexibility with the approach is necessary. Um, so once we figure out what they want to do, depending on the industry strategy, uh, we, we got to create a digital strategy plan. That's super important. So what that consists of is uh, market research, right? Because the idea is not to reinvent the wheel. Most likely the thing that's going to be the differentiating factor is the creative. And that's predicated on the creatives, right? So, but ideally, any business owner um, or anybody who is really investing into you, most likely they're wanting an ROI. If it's going to be a dollar, a dollar invested, two dollars back, or if it's going to be, uh, some people might want attention. So, like uh, we had a client to where they just wanted to increase employment, right? So, but how they wanted to do that is they wanted to per to uh, put out an image that their work environment was super conducive for this type of person. At that time, it's like, you know, the millennial, you know, open office space, all the nicks, necks, and patty wax, give it on spot you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like all those things. And so we had to highlight those things versus uh, one of our other clients, they're a product based. So not only do they need to look good, we need to create ads and content that's gonna convert. Right. Um, and so with that process, not every platform is necessary, but every platform is a possibility. Mm. Right. So it's understanding initially through a little bit of trial and error. Um, and obviously, as you begin to work with a specific type of industry, you begin to become more aware of what's consistent with return on investment. Um, but you always want to adapt. And what that means is if, if you begin to see that the audience is shifting, you shift with it. You know, it's, it's not like in this industry, you have to be adaptable. You can't just be like, well, this worked five years ago, so it has to work now. Clearly it doesn't because email marketing is trash. Not that it doesn't work. Now it's, sub now it's subject to specific industries that get a better return on it. And it's not the majority, right? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, a, with that being said, do you have a, a client? Because, you know, there's a lot of... Um, people who are uh, kind of in this field, content creators and uh, uh, social media marketers, we, yeah. uh, we talk about it and we hear uh, about, you know, being flexible and, and, you know, Gary Vee is somebody who talks about that all the time. What works then may not uh, work now. 
Do you right. have personal experience, a, a client, and you don't have to name them, but you, do you have a client that you started doing one thing for them and then now you do something uh, totally different? Yes, and that's with the creative, um, with the creative content. As okay. in, so uh, one of our clients, when we create content for them, we noticed, and this is recently, like I mean like within the last four weeks, um, you know, we create content for posts and then we create content for story. And now there's content that's not paid media content. There's just content for content marketing, right? Once you've grabbed the attention of a, of a potential customer or client, you want to be able to engage them. So you continue to put content out to stay relevant. Well, there's also content that is ad worthy that converts. So mm. those are two different types. You don't just say, okay, I created something that's ad material. That's mm. the worst approach. It's un ad material is used to, to, to encourage someone to do something, to take action, a call to action of some sort, whether it's information, whether it's just a reminder, whatever it is, it's, it's something that's going to captivate the audience. And, in, and, and then hopefully in the end, uh, cause them to, you know, to, to take action, like I've said. So, um, recently we were making content for them and it, it was doing well. I mean, we're, they're doing very well. Um, but we noticed that story ads no more than 15 seconds long converts way more. And what I mean by way more, I mean like tens of thousands a month, way more. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so what does that mean for us? Now, naturally, as a creative, I'm like, no, I want to I create this type of content. That's cool, but that's not going to generate more money for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we have to, and this is even like a recent story. So now we're, we're changing our approach of what we do more of, because at the end of the day, if you build proper relationships and you're generating money for them, it puts you in a position to request more. Why? Because you're helping generate more. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of my approaches with a lot of brands, especially when they're bigger brand, brands, because um, we deal with like six figure budgets, like annually for paid media. Um, and when you want to deal with bigger accounts, sometimes it's important to go in there with, okay, listen, this is where we'll start off with. This is the intent after about, you know, after about one third through, you know, the year or however long you decide. Typically we do three to four months. Um, we're gonna review where we're at. And so at that point of review, we're deciding, um, and we decide this along the way as far as content, but it's at that point which then we've communicated with the client in detail, like, okay, uh, this content has really, 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 really done well. This content's terrible, let's trash it. They may have liked it as well, but be like, listen, you wanna use our resources and what we're doing and we wanna generate you more money, that's most important. Clearly, that's why you're in business outside of your personal missions. Um, and then we figure out uh, what we need to double down on, triple down on, you know, and what we need to adapt and maybe change. Maybe we went into it starting with saying, yo, YouTube pre-roll uh, pre ads is, is the move. And then we figure out that it's not. And we've tried within those four months different ways and different ads. So one of two things are happening. Either we, we're, we suck, which that's probably not the case, or your audience isn't there. And in most cases... If, you, if you've had success, most likely your content's worthy enough and the audience doesn't exist there. So, and then it's at also at that point, now when we're engaging on increasing budget, because what we do, there's no, the budget increases, which means everything increases. It's not just like saying, hey, 
that TV is now $20,000. So you just spent $20,000 and that's all you get. When you invest into businesses like ours and into yourself, if you went from 10,000 to 20,000, that's because you're, you're expecting a greater ROI. It's not just more money in our pocket, mm -hmm. right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's every dollar is strategized, on, even on our end. Otherwise we can't grow as a business. We figure out our hard costs, market costs, profits, and it's with profits that you can grow a business. If everything's hard costs, you're, you're, not, you're not growing a company because you can't pay nobody, right? So you, 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 as a creative, it's super important that you figure out what your hard costs, whether that's going to be, okay, maybe I have to hire an animator and he's going to cost me $300. Boom, that's $300 you're not seeing. So don't go and ask for $350. you are not going to be happy. So now you know that your hard cost for that's 300, you know the hard cost for this is 300, you know the hard cost for this is 200, now we're at $800. Then it's at that point, what service am I you know, producing? What's the market value? The market value is 1,000. Okay, now I'm raising it to at least 1,000 because you want to keep, you don't want to be one of those people that are like, oh, he's doing it for 1,000, I'll do it for 300. Like go, like that, those type of people don't know business they just, they're going to be most, that happens. I'm not, don't get me wrong. That happens. Um, not I me, mean, not with me, but it happens. And nine times out of 10, you end up wishing you didn't pick up that account. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is people who, people who pay you less demand more. For sure. And have yeah. you ever heard of that study that they did? They actually looked at the psychology of what's going on in people's heads when they're paying more for something. So they had two bottles of wine, right? And one of them costed, I had a label that said it was $10 and the other one said it was $100, right? And they were the same exact type of wine, but they, they you know, gave this wine to, to people and after they had both wines, they, they asked, okay, which wine tasted better? It was the same wine, right? it was almost unanimously that every single person said that the wine that was $100 tasted better. So there's this weird thing that goes on in people's heads. It's, it's human psychology. They right. actually get a dopamine release for paying more for something because it, it gives them exactly like you said, it gives them the feeling like, wow, if I'm paying more for this, if they're charging this much, it better be great. You know? So mm -hmm. I, th I think a lot of people need to understand that who are, who are getting into entrepreneurship because you're right. That is a very, very common uh, methodology to adopt as a beginner. Like, oh, they're doing it for a hundred bucks. We'll do it for 30, you know? Right. But, yeah. And you know, but, go on, Josh. Uh, and that's, this is a conversation we have a lot. Um, and I know Frank, you'll relate to this because uh, you, at one point you were a, a, a freelance photographer as well. And right. still do, you still do freelance shoots, don't you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and this is a conversation that we have, like that, uh, the, the kids that come in and like undercut uh, uh, actual photography rates because they just bought a, a DSLR. And in their mind, you know, they're thinking, um, you know, if I take 60 bucks for a shoot, uh, the, the flawed thinking that like that $60 is $60 profit because they're paying me $60 and I'm going to get to do what I love and go shoot. And the issue with that is uh, most photographers, uh, pretty much every photographer that I know is editing in uh, uh, Adobe, right? So that means right. you're paying the $60 uh, Adobe subscription. So right. that means if you, if, uh, how many clients you have to have at, on a $60 shoot to break even with your Adobe 
subscription. Right. You would have to have, sure. uh, you'd have to have 12. You'd have to have 12 clients before you even break even on your costs. And then you're not, you know, any uh, uh, cost of equipment that you've uh, incurred in the, in, since the start of this venture is also not uh, considered uh, in these things. Or, or when people think like that, they, they just see the, you know, I'm not going to get, I don't feel like I could get this amount of money. So I'll take this uh, because that's, people are confused revenue with, uh, with profit right. and, don't, and don't take into consideration um, right. their, their actual expense. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's also psychology as well. Yeah. You know? um, like you were mentioning before, um, everything is psychology, man. Mm -hmm. even, when, even when we're doing ads and creating content, we're figuring out human behavior, psychology. It's all psychological. Every single thing we do in life is, is, is a projection of our thoughts. And, you know, um, we do it every day. It's like when you go see a movie, you come back, you're like, dude, you have to see that movie. You're selling something. You're, you're convincing someone of something, you know? And then just to bring it back to uh, what you were mentioning, even about cost, like a lot of people don't realize they if somebody says no to three hundred dollars, then they say no to three hundred dollars. You didn't have it in the begin. You didn't have it to begin with. Mm -hmm. And life carries on. Yeah, and so yeah, exactly. What I've learned is, even let's just say we're talking about photography particularly. If you're getting into it, don't get into it right away. Like, let me go make some money. Mm -hmm. That's like the if that's if you really want to do it as a craft. If you're just trying to be a little a goofy dude with a camera and see how much how many people you can finesse, that's fine. Um, but I would recommend if you get a camera, practice, mm -hmm. do free shoots. You shouldn't be charging. You're, mm -hmm. you're not, you're, you've not put the time in, even though you are creatively capable of creating tremendous, wonderful art, even somebody my, like myself, I know there's still more layers that I'm going, even though I've done a lot of establishing with my art to even get to this point required a lot of time mm -hmm. it required a lot of learning and consistent learning and a lot of moments of being humble and mm -hmm. and sometimes it's better to say okay it's free than sixty dollars but you got better and then now six months later that same client who now they want to work with you you can charge them three hundred dollars mm -hmm. two hundred fifty dollars for sure yeah it's that makes sense and this this kind of gets into a, a question i had for you so how exactly do you go about getting new clients is did did you start out doing things for free and then when they come back to you then you charge or do you get your clients through word of mouth or is your work just so good people flock to you how, how would you go about getting new clients and what would you what would be your advice to someone who is starting new in any field when it comes to getting clients yeah so right now all the above um to what you said at this point now um so what that means is do you do you do free stuff um with the right people, yes. Um, do you uh, charge people what you want to charge them? Yes. Is it word of mouth? Yes. Do pe some people feel my work is so good that they want to pay for it? Yes. So yes to all those even now. Now, initially starting out, 100%, um, you, you got to charge it to the game. It's, 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 I would recommend do it free. You have to build a relationship. You have to build a sense of notoriety. You have to establish yourself worthy. You gotta connect with people who are better than you. I've connected myself before even, before I started with photographers who were better than me. Oh, you know, absolutely. and um, that, that's, 
you, you have to approach this industry with humility, no matter how revolutionary you feel you are as a creative, you're going to become more polished along the way. And you're going to realize through time, like, wow, like I used to think that was so dope. It's not dope at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, and, and what that is, is called maturity. It's called experience. And then with that, you are now positioned psych psychologically, which is going to be your also a conscious awareness, but then is also your reality of how you should maneuver, who you should work with, who you should do free stuff with, who you shouldn't do free stuff with, mm -hmm. who brings value, how much value do you bring? It's everything is an exchange, no matter what. In life, everything's an exchange. And initially, somebody who's getting into something in the creative field that has a desire and passion, you should go into it wanting it to be free. Because the reality is, I, I'm, I'm no longer in the boat where somebody I'm ever going to hear out of somebody's mouth. I mean, I haven't in the longest. Oh, that person will do it for way lower. Wouldn't go to that person. Mm -hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't deal with clients like that anymore. That's a transition phase everybody's going to face as a creative. Once you start getting better, you're going to understand your value. And, and also keep in mind for whoever's listening, you could think you're very valuable and that's a good mindset, but it doesn't mean you're worth dollar value yet. Mm -hmm. So the mindset you have to understand you are valuable, but you need to establish a rapport. You need to continue to create monumental moments. So that way you can then put yourself in a position where now that monetary value is not questioned with also your personal value that you feel within, within yourself, right? right? And like I said, you're, you're gonna go through that transition to where you, can't no, you can no longer deal with this client base. Because if you want to truly scale, then you have to be with people who can allow you to scale. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, as I was scaling, I remember doing my first, my first $200 shoot. So my, I was, they were like, this is when I, this is when I was just like dabbling into it, bro. I was like, they're like, so how much are you going to charge me? I was like, um, just threw a number out there. Right. Mm -hmm. 200. He's like, okay. Inside. I'm like, not even like, even like right, right, right then and there. Like I didn't even like now it's like, okay, somebody we make a deal. We, then we start with the, you know, the logistics, we figure things out, we put together proper work, we figure out location, date, time, deposits, all of that stuff. But at that point, it's just like, okay, cool, cool. And I just left the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, so, like, intro, like, the intro start, like, so, like, young-minded in business and how to really develop that. But, yeah. You know, and I was hoping we were going to get to there uh, or get to this point, which I think you've uh, demonstrated pretty well, because uh, especially on photographer Twitter and photographer Instagram, it's like this argument uh, and this question that gets asked, should you work for free or should you charge what you're worth? And the answer is yes. The, uh, the, the thing is, you have to understand what your what you're worth and what your what your value is. And that's constantly moving. That's constantly uh, changing, you know, uh, and that, that just comes to self-awareness, you know, because you, there are definitely situations that you could, uh, get into early on, uh, that somebody will take a, advantage of a kid who actually has some skill in, in, uh, 
you know, we'll work them to death for, for free. But it's, it's still on you as that kid to, to, under, to realize when that's happening, you know, and to understand when that's happening and when, you, uh, when, when you're not getting paid what you're worth. And then, and then also leveraging the work that you do through uh, for experience and, um, and for free to kind of make uh, uh, relationships. It's, it's not a black and white answer. It's something that is contextual and uh, subject to change constantly. And, and the best way to navigate it is to just be self-aware. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And, and see, the thing about it is, is even with that, here's a trick. This is, this is. Give him the trick, Frankie. Take this nugget, bro. I promise to you. This is, this is how you get the best out of doing free work. You don't throw your free work at every, you get, you get so, you're alone by yourself. Take some time with yourself. Take your camera, take your editing, take your, whatever you're doing and do things with family real quick, maybe around, watch hella YouTube, mm-hmm. hella YouTube, um, connect with somebody who is currently growing. This is the trick. Connect with somebody who's currently growing because they need your help. Don't jump into it thinking you're going to be like them. Not yet. Humble yourself. Mm-hmm. You humble yourself, connect to somebody who's currently growing and you help their vision. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is not for you. This, to you guys who are watching, you, you connect with somebody who's growing and that's somebody you can tell. You know the energy. You see what's happening. You see the people they're around. If those are the people you want to be around, you connect with that person. You tell them, use me however you want. Creatively, I'm here. I'm down. Why? Because then at that point, their network becomes your network. And in this industry, that is key. If you want to transition and grow before you could then elevate and then create your own network, right? So you connect with that person who is building momentum and you serve. You got to serve before you become any type of leader. You serve in those positions while you're doing your own thing, even without them. Then you doing that gets you to a point where you're learning a lot faster and you get decent. Once you get decent, you now connect with network and you find somebody who has a greater, better network who sees enough value in you. So your relationship building, that's super, that's key. So you do that, then you begin to spring off into developing your network. And then you start to do free stuff for people who you know will bring more value, AKA open up your network. Because mm-hmm. the greater your network, the greater your net worth mm-hmm. with the proper network. So you begin to, and, and never, don't, don't act naive and, and don't just go in and seeking money. Seek to bring value. Super important. People feel that. You need to be able to bring value to people and present yourself as, as a servant and, and, and say, I'm here to give all of me and I'm going to figure out whatever we need to get done. Even now with any clients I have, if there's something wrong or something that I didn't do or something, you let me know. We're going to get this done. That's the solution. Hey, this didn't happen. Okay, it's getting done now. That's it. You, we're, we're in a, 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 a customer's uh, service industry. At the end of the day, man, um, I think for me personally is if we're talking about, there's a difference between being a freelancer and, and, and having the ability to like a nomad, you know, like 
If that's what you want to do, that's a different conversation. Now there are going to be core principles that are necessary, especially if you're dealing with clients, customer service is key. And that's what creatives suck at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. They, that's why they lose money. Customer service, trash. And they procrastinate. Mm -hmm. So the issue with a lot of creatives and the reason why they can't excel, there'll be people that are willing to pay you more because your customer service, you're on time, deadlines are met, you're getting things done. They would rather pay you an extra $400 than pay buddy over here who's inconsistent because everything's a ripple effect. Based on your work ethic, it allows them to be positioned to do even more. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, that's called a, a commodity. You get, you get the sense of being able to work together, be efficient, and then grow and develop. You know? um, and that's something I had to learn. I've lost thousands and thousands of dollars. Matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I lost $13,000 of what would have been monthly, like within a year's time, not at one time, but within a year's time. If I would have had retention on these clients, it would have been $13,000 a month. But I wasn't able to service them. You never want to overpromise and underdeliver. You always underpromise and overdeliver, and that's always been my thing. Now, with that though, with specific clients, I had been in a situation where I underpromise and overdeliver to the point where they got so accustomed to the overdeliver that when I didn't overdeliver every single time, they're like, "What's going on?" Mm. What do you mean? What's going on? I'm doing everything you said on the contract. I just didn't go above and beyond this month, so relax. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, yeah. but you, you. you you build um, expectation mm -hmm. and you know, that's why it's, it's, that's why having consistent um, conversation, I go on calls, zoom calls, even now since quarantine, I've been on calls. I've had what five calls today, five different clients, mm. zoom calls back to back to back, always communicating over communicate, over communicate. That's been, and these are things that I'm, you know, being redundant with because I was something that I didn't do. I, I wasn't the best in my customer service. I didn't over communicate. I didn't under promise and over deliver. And those are things that a lot of creatives aren't good at. And, and one of two things, you either learn quickly and adapt or you bring somebody on that's good at that. Mm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I, you know, clearly I brought people on, but there was a moment and in the future, if there's ever moments, I know I'm equipped to manage until I then get somebody else to get in that position. You know what I'm saying? So for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Frankie, I have a quick question for you. So you're, you're doing Fabre media, uh, full time, correct? Yes. Okay. And how many people do you have working for you right now? So we've fluctuated, but right now we're at five. We had, okay. eight, um, but you know, due to everything we've had to, uh, uh, transition positions and not everybody, you know, is down with the roller coaster. I got you. So going into the entrepreneurial lifestyle, right? This is, this is a decision that people have to make. And, and I know that being an entrepreneur can like be glorified and everybody's like, you know, Oh, I want the, all the, the fame and the nice cars and all the money that comes with it. Right. But, but they don't necessarily understand that it's a lot of putting late nights into to building your product. It's working incessantly more than other people would, right? So I have a question for you. You said that you started your first company when you were 21 years old. So I assume at this point in time, 
you may have had uh, like a day job somewhere or some type of other income coming in when you were just starting out. So my question oh, is, my question is, at what point did it click in your head where you're like, you know what, I am going to go full in on this. I am not going to work a day job anymore for, for that uh, security. And I'm going to see if I can build myself an empire and really just go full force into the entrepreneurial route. What were some of the factors that were going through your head when you decided to make that decision? Man, so I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, I've just always been this way. Like I was, I come from nothing, man. I come from nothing. We're talking, you know, school clothes was, was a thrift store. You know what I'm saying? Um, if I wanted something, I better go get it. Like, you know, so I was a hustler since I was like 13, 12 years old. I was the guy that I would buy uh, pop and like the, the 24 cans and sell them on the bus. You know what I'm saying? For 50 cents a pop. You know what I mean? Um, I used to buy candy from Sam's Club, flip those for a dollar each. I was the candy man in school. Like uh, mowing lawns, shoveling snow, uh, dude, I, if you, if there was a fundraiser that was going on in school, I'm that guy, like door to door knocking. I sold coupon books. I sold cuckoo knives. I just, all, and, and who sells knives? You know what I mean? Like I'm going to your door to sell you kitchen knives. My God. But it's, it was the understanding that I wanted more for my time. Um, so I would say it's just, it's always been something lurking within myself, you know? Um, and my mind never shifted away. I had to do till I can do better. Uh, my first job ever was, um, <laughs> my first job, bro. This is like reminiscing like crazy for me. Uh, I was a sign holder for Little Caesar, bro. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> nice. Were you doing it? Were you spinning it? You spinning yes, it? Yes, bro. Yeah. I was killing it with the spins, bro. Ooh, ooh, bro. I was killing it, bro. Um, I did that for about four days. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man. Yeah, bro. Because this is the thing. I, I, used to, I was like, okay, I got to work. I was 16, I think. Um, and so that was my first job. And I'm just like, yo, like, dude, can I work in the kitchen? Like, y'all got me out here. You said you were gonna let me in the back room. You know, what's going on? He's like, we'll do it, we'll do it. I think I, I did like a week. After a week, man, I'm just like, nope, this ain't it. So I stopped that, went back to uh, hustling. <laughs> and it was just, it was my lane. It was my lane. I was out of my element. And, it, and for me at that point, it wasn't even like um, a prideful thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm out here holding a sign. No, I did it. And I was the best. I was the best. I was dancing, spinning that sign. I was looking at people. I was getting honks. Friends used to be like, bro, I'm sorry. I'm like, hey. Like, I didn't care. I was, I was hustling. But it wasn't my lane to hustle in. You know? Um, so I had to maneuver, and I did that. Um, Actually, that's not my first job. My first job, I was 15. I actually really love this job. Uh, I worked at a computer store. That's where I learned how to code. I learned how to build computers from scratch. 
straight from the motherboard. Um, and I learned a lot. I did that at 15 years old for $5 an hour. You know what I'm saying? And then I did the sign thing, but that's because I moved from Chicago to uh, uh, Florida when I was 16. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I moved back and I uh, worked. I'm giving you guys like, my life story, God. Um, <laughs> so I've had three jobs before I actually like committed to the entrepreneurial life. Although, and were those two were two of those jobs when you were 15 and 16? The ones you talked about? Yeah. Okay. That so almost, I, what was the third job? Uh, carpentry work. Okay. Yeah. And so is that in between 16 and 21 when you started that business? Uh, so the carpentry, I did um, 20. So I started my, so, so right before I turned 22. Okay. Um, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I got fired. I remember sitting on my couch, man. I'm like, bro, go hard at the business, bro. Go, let's do it. You know, um, I, I started doing photography at 19. Actually, at 16, I did video at 19. Uh, but I started really, really pursuing doing some type of uh, a real dedicated work uh, towards the craft um, around like 20. Uh, at 21, I'm like, bro, you literally are over here working for like $12 an hour um, doing labor work. And if I get five shoots a month, you know what I'm saying? I'm relatively making it what I would have made there. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, I'm a hustler, bro. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not about anything other than this is what you want. If I want to get 10 sales, I'm probably going to need to talk to 100 people. So I'm, let me go network. Let me go out there. It's a law of numbers. I've always understood that. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's incredible that you understood that at a young age because that's something that, uh, that's something I even still struggle with to this day, uh, knowing what you need and understanding that you have to, you have to talk to a lot, of, uh, a lot of people to do that. So, for sure. I'm, I'm uh, figuring that out as well myself. The, you know, as, as, as you begin to develop and grow, you have to talk to less people because people okay. talk for you. Hmm. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's hopeful. Uh, or, or yeah, it, hopeful when you talk to the right person, bro, it's like, it's like wearing some new Yeezys or yeah. buying a new camera. You talk about it. Mm -hmm. You're no right. different. Right. You're, you're yeah. That's encouraging is the word I meant. Um, uh, encouraging to hear that you can, you don't have to, it's, it's not always about go, reaching out to a hundred people. And, and when you have referrals, uh, people talk for you. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, that's encouraging. Um, I, I've had clients literally like I would, they would invite me to events. Okay. These are other people. I would go to an event and he would literally be like, Oh yeah, this is Frank. He does this for me. Oh yeah. This is Frankie. He does this for me. Like by the end of the night, I've talked to like 30 people and I didn't literally talk. <laughs> you mm. know what I'm saying? Like it was just, Connection, network, number, card. And I got a card where I just tip, you know, touch the back of the phone as long as their NCF chip yep. is there. And just got like, one of those myself. Yeah, so it's just, and they're impressed by that. So I just got some brownie points, you know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, as long as you continue to 
this is the thing. If you want to be an entrepreneur, and there's a difference between an entrepreneur and somebody who's freelancing. They have entrepreneur tendencies and characteristics, but to be a full-time entrepreneur means you're creating opportunity. And so for me, I've always had a desire to be able to create opportunity for people. You know what I'm saying? I've always wanted to create a, a, a collective of people who were on the same mission. I never wanted to go alone. You know what I'm saying? But I knew it would take me to go alone initially. I knew that in order for people to see my vision, I need to see it, you know? Um, and, and I'll tell you this much, man. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to sign up for this. Here's a checklist. Sleep, sleepless nights. Check. Okay. Going broke <laughs> potentially check. Okay, cool. Being in doubt and having fear. Okay. Check. There's another one. Like you need to be able to accept all those realities and be able to be patient. Oh my God. That is probably patience is, is when they say is a virtue, it really is because with patience, you have to think about a seed, a seed that goes into the ground requires time, but as soon as it gets rooted and then it starts to protrude out of the ground it then creates what it was made for. We are that seed as entrepreneurs, as creatives. It doesn't matter where you're at, anywhere you're at, you're a seed that when you get there, you're planted and you need to root yourself. And in order to root yourself, that's the, the networking. That's the, the, uh, uh, humbling yourself. That's the, the free work. Maybe that's the falling and investing in yourself putting actual dollars in yourself, asking help from other people sometimes, learning. Dude, I'm telling hours, 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 hours. I've studied the art of video and photography for hours and I still do every single day. Every single day, I'm, I probably invest at least an hour or two into uh, something. Whether I'm learning a new software, understanding my industry, I'm always understanding trends. I follow hashtags like crazy. I gotta know what's going on not only for myself, but for my clients. That's what they pay me for, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, it's, it's just a whole position of learning and growing. And then you get to a point, and I feel like I'm, I'm on the verge of that, um, where you're, you're ahead of the, of the wave. You're ahead of the curve, and it's like you're able to see what's coming. And, and I feel like I've had many moments in which I, I felt like I seen something coming, but I didn't trust myself. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I didn't execute or, or make a choice off of that intuition mm -hmm. because I had an ideal vision of what it looked like. And a lot of times that vision is predicated on how somebody else's vision looks like. So you think that because they were successful, it has to be similar. That's not the case. There are core principles that create similar outcomes but your, you and yourself is the unique differentiating factor, meaning the outcome, choices and decisions, the choices and decisions create different outcomes, but ultimately it will always be a different outcome because you're a completely different person. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of people, they may watch a Gary Vee, like, I wanna be just like Gary Vee, and they start doing everything Gary Vee does and everything Gary Vee says, and they're a damn near a, a black version of Gary Vee. You know what I'm saying? Or a Mexican version of Gary Vee. That can also be a problem where it's like, okay, it's idolizing somebody has its benefits, but why you idolize somebody is to understand principles that they apply for themselves. And so what ends up happening is 
people confuse the principles and the work ethic with their personality. And so instead of mimicking the principle and work ethic, they mimic the personality. Mm. And what they do is they lose a sense of genuine authenticity. And so what's being hindered is the principle and the work ethic and all the necessities in order to produce a, a needed outcome for you to succeed because the investment is in the personality of who they're trying to duplicate. Mm-hmm. And just end up uh, pretending, you know, exactly. and putting on a and costume. You end up feeling like, damn, nothing's working, or this or this and that. And it's because you, uh, when you are out there and you're really trying to figure yourself out, you just got to be real and look in the mirror and even be, and being real and looking in the mirror doesn't mean you're always saying good things. Like, that's goofy. You know what I mean? Like, you have to just be like, dude, like, you suck at this sometimes. You need mm-hmm. to find this. You need to find that. Your work. Who's better to speak in those moments of what you need to get done than yourself? Mm-hmm. Rather than somebody else having to be like, hey, bro, I'm going to put you on blast real quick. Just, and you know it. Now you got to either choose to humble yourself to accept and receive criticism. You know what I mean? Or just be egotistic and arrogant and act like that doesn't exist, but go home and tell yourself what you should have told yourself before somebody else told it for you or spoke it for you. Mm-hmm. That's all good, man. I, um, so it's, you, you just seem like you're a born entrepreneur. You obviously sound like you've been hustling and doing things like that uh, since you were a kid. Uh, where the, did the creativity start? And, and it sounds like around your 20s is when you started to put the two together. But where did the creativity start? Why take pictures? Why do video? Yeah, man. Um, man, my, mom, my mom will even tell you, like, some, <laughs> she was like, I don't know, man. Frankie just always had money. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do a video of my mom one day. She'd be like, I don't know. He's just always, I bought my first phone. My, I, bro, they couldn't give it to me, but I could give it to me. Let me get that. They did what was mandatory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my parents were great. But if I wanted any of those extra things, it was going to be up to me. So, um, but yeah, so creative, man. You know, it's an anomaly in most cases for people to acquire two sets of things like this, I guess. But bro, I've been a creative forever, man. I was actually a creative before I did business, but there was a season in my life where I wasn't creative and I just did business, but I was born with create. My, my father is, is a musician. My mom does crafts and she plays music too. Like I, I am genetically like that is automatic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like music, arts, crafts, the earth, plants, planting, like, I've always had that part of me. Um, And I was introduced to business early on. And that was at 12, 13 years old. So a lot of these things transpired early to now get me to a place where now I'm 29 and I've used both of those things in life and Mm -hmm. failed a lot, but I've also accumulated a lot and I've learned a lot. So yeah, man, it's been, it, it was a mixture. It was, um, I almost treated even business when I started off 
I was just even creative with it. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, I used to sell ADT security systems, man. Um, uh, that's a brutal job. Anybody who could do door to door knocking, I salute you if you're good, man. Cause you gotta like be so strong cause you're gonna get at least a hundred no's before uh, one yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you as you get better and better, you begin to learn people's behaviors and what they're going to do. And even just like this person's lawn and it looks like this. So you could just tell by that there, there are no, or this person's car in the driveway looks like this. So you could tell that there, you know what I mean? There's just, you begin to get better and it's clicking, 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 clicking. And so you're just studying people and how they live life. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I remember, um, I had walked into a house and I seen the owner. He didn't know that I seen him, older dude. And he was in, he was in the window, but there was a bush there. So you could tell he didn't really think that I seen him, but he was watching me go house to house. And he was an older guy, older gentleman. And you know, he was just, it's like, he was waiting. He was waiting for me to come to his own to tell me no. He's like, like that type of person, right? Mm. I seen him and I seen his face and I just knew by how quickly he moved from the window. I could see his shadow like move quickly. Like I knew he was going to the door and I timed it perfectly. As I get to the door, he opens the door. He's like, I don't want to. I'm like, well, won't you knock on my door? (laughs) I'll be waiting for you. And then I'm like, watch me. And I moonwalked down the driveway and I said, catch you later. And I just walked out, bro. <laughs> but I had to do these things because like, you can only take so many no's. So I just had to play the game and be creative and just enjoy myself. And yeah, man, it was just so many great experiences and things um, that I've done in life. And even like in this moment, you know, I appreciate you guys because it's helping me um, be more grateful, you know, mm-hmm. and have more gratitude for, for all the things that have happened in my life because, you know, you don't realize those things as you go through it because there's just so much going on. And then with everything in the world that's going on, it's just like chaos and noise and noise and noise and noise. And even now with what's going on, like I'm just so emotionally frustrated, you know? Um, so yeah, man, like it, it, it's, it feels really good to just be able to speak on these things because it, it positions me to know that things take time. And although I'm not necessarily where I want to be, I'm not where I used to be, um, which means I've progressed. And there's nothing better than progress, you know, because you're always going to want to level up. You, you never get to the point unless you, you choose truly to choose that, you know, you've done enough. And mm. as somebody who's a hustler and entrepreneur, I don't, I don't want to retire. I can tell you right now, at least the person who I am now, that's, that's freaking foreign language to me. Don't, I want to retire. No, I don't care if you retire at 23. What does that even mean? Like, dude, I could have a billion dollars in my account and I'm, I'm trying to hustle to 10 billion. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, or, or how can I make an effect or change somebody's life? Or what's the next thing that I can do that's going to better me, better the people around me? Or, okay, yeah, I make all this money. How can I provide opportunity for people to get the same opportunity? Like it's, life isn't about you. And when you realize that everything changes. Mm -hmm. The moment I stopped chasing money, I made the most. 
Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad you're having a good time on the podcast, for one. Uh, and yeah. I'm glad that you uh, 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 are, are enjoying it. That, that's, that's really uh, an important thing for me with this. Uh, and like I said, this is a open journal for creatives and entrepreneurs. I know like when I get like, just when I get the chance to talk about uh, things that I love and things that I want to do and uh, when, I, when I just get the chance uh, to, to speak on those things and, and have somebody listen, um, it feels like, you know, it, it, uh, it sharpens you because you, you reflect on things in the right. past um, and it, it motivates you uh, to go forward. And, and the other thing is like uh, that I've been thinking a lot about because uh, I do, I, you know, I personally, I make a lot of content. Now me and Adam are doing this contest or uh, contest. Now me and Adam are doing this podcast. Uh, and I also do uh, a weekly vlog with uh, uh, my media company. And, uh, you know, you get into podcasts and everybody's talking about how it's uh, oversaturated and there's just so much, so many people uh, starting them. But I'm starting to see so much more of the value in, uh, in just making this content for myself, you know? Like uh, Gary said something, uh, he, he brought up like, how how important it's going to be to like have this stuff to look back on like with your grandkids you know and and that's how i've been thinking about it a lot it's like man i'm doing some this cool stuff and it's like if a couple people see it now that's one thing that's great but i'm actually really excited just like for me to be able to look back on it right right and and especially yeah and especially like you know my kids my grandkids um friends family just to be able to uh to look back at this it's an incredible opportunity that we have as humans right. in 2020 to be able to document and uh uh create things uh to look back and and store our memories and store our thoughts uh from different times and take these screenshots or, or snapshots if you will of our lives at different points uh and yeah i'm 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 i'm, I'm stoked about it I, I love conversations like this and this is a this is why we started doing it you know uh, I, cause, and you, you, when we started this, you were one of the guys that I, um, I thought about because just a few, cause we've only worked on a couple sets, right. But the few times we've worked together, I just felt like every time I end up with Frankie or around Frankie, we just have a conversation. It's just like, I could just feel the motivation, you know, it's like, it's palpable in the room, just the, uh, the determination and, and motivation and the, uh, uh, and the spirit, like it's something that you can, uh, you can feel right. And, and again, like with this, uh, it's like, I am not the only one in the world that I think can benefit from that energy, you know, and uh, I want to uh, be able to give this experience and these conversations, at least a chance to be heard by others, you know, because if, even if it's one person outside of the three of us talking now that can benefit from this, I think, you know, I think I owe it to that person because it's like, I don't, uh, these are things that I don't want to just keep to myself, you know? Right. For sure, man. For sure. Thank you. I, I appreciate that as well. And also, like, you got this real cool geometry and symmetry going on with this, with those shadows. And then it's like real blue and then you're great. Oh. <laughs> you got the I'm jealous. I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not prepared, but you got this like, Epic and then the fro, like, <laughs> like uh, 
I'm working on it. If that was intentional, then you got the light, got the the, the hair light going from the light up there. <laughs> so it's like wrapping around you. This guy's trying to make a music video on the podcast. <laughs> this is this is like the third inter- iteration of this. I, I've uh, I've tried a couple different setups. I actually got like a little LED light. Uh, oh, I know. Here. I see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a good setup. Thank you. I, I appreciate sure. that. <laughs> Frankie, Frankie, I got a quick question for you. So we've been talking about a lot of the positives of entrepreneurship and a lot of the beautiful things that can come out of this way of thinking. But I kind of want to ask you a question on maybe the negative side of things, or maybe when things aren't going your way, or as Josh and I refer to it, we, we refer to this idea as the dip, right? Like whenever you start a new business, you have all of this uh, dopamine going off in your head. You're, you're so excited. It's all you can think about. You want to talk to everybody out there about your business. And then maybe three months in, six months in, nine months in, the real world starts to set in. You still haven't taken off from a revenue perspective yet. And things just aren't as fun as they used to be. So I kind of want to get your insight on what, what do you do when things in your business don't go your way? And you may even feel negatively about them. Yeah, man, I think um, to answer that properly, I would say there are two things that I do. Um, one, I'm to the point where I don't ever expect everything or most things to, in my approach of just how businesses to go a hundred percent, how I think it's going to be because dude, life is a bunch of variables. It's, it's um, you're dealing with people with the industry that I'm in. It's a people driven industry. I could have sat down with you, had a full conversation. You could have loved it. We could have been literally one email away from a signed potential $50,000, $60,000 annual contract. And then you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to hold off. That happens too. Um, you know, or like you go into something and you like, you put your all into it and creatively you did everything. And a person's like, I don't like it. Oh. Like, as a creative, that's a punch to the chest, you know? Um, so, you know, those things require a, a tough mental state. Cause dude, I'm, I always anticipate for the best, but I'm ready for some shit to happen. You is know that what tough I'm mental, Is that tough mental state something you're born with or is it something you can acquire over time? You know, definitely something you learn. Like you, you, you gotta be knocked down. You gotta get calluses. You don't get calluses unless you've been cut. You don't grow muscle unless you've torn muscle, you know? So, you know, you want a muscle to grow, you gotta apply pressure. I mean, the, you know, cliche diamonds are, you know, made under pressure is for real. Mm. I, I, I don't know one great person that never wanted to give up. Bro, I've had, it's easy to grow weary. And that's where true character is found. It's not in the moments where everything is all grand. It's in the moments where you grow weary. It's in a moment, it's those, I look, oh my gosh, bro. I kid you not, I look forward to those moments. One of my best friends, he's, he'll tell you, he goes, man, Frankie, you're the bounce back king. 
He's like, bro, you've bounced back so many times. He's like, he goes, there's times you tell me your situation. He's like, I don't know how this guy does it. Like literally verbatim. That's what he says. I don't know how this guy does it. And you know what it is? I tell you, bro. I have no doubt that even though it's tough and hard, I'm going to get it. I'm going to figure it out. It's going to happen. And it may not happen how I think it's going to happen. And I know that now. But I know it's going to happen the way it needs to happen because I'm not giving up. So I, that's honestly, man, like there's no like magic potion or formula. It's literally faith. You have to, faith is not, not even promising that it's going to happen how you want it to. It's just, it's just daring. It's just having the thought and understanding that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And no matter what happens, it's going to work itself out. As long as my work ethic and desire to move forward matches the level of faith that I have. And that's just been one of those things for me. Like, I have affirmations in my apartment on all my mirrors. I affirm myself all the time. I, I love on me all the time, man. You know, um, that's why I win. That's why I win. And, and it's humbling because I know, I don't, I don't say that arrogantly, like that's why I win, but it's like, I don't know any other way to think. Cause mm -hmm. I can't, it doesn't, it doesn't sit with me. Like, you know what my biggest pet peeve is? One of my biggest pet peeve when it comes to people is when they talk bad about themselves. I will literally correct you right there. Oh man, just, man, things go bad and it's like, there's always something. I'm like, no, there's not always something and things aren't always going bad. Why are you speaking that? You're gonna have what you speak in life because that means you believe it. And I've always been a firm believer that what you think you say, what you say you do, what you do becomes habits. Your habits develop your character and your character creates your future and your destiny. But that's all subject, that's all subject on the way that you think. And if you're standing in front of me bashing yourself, I'm not going to allow that, especially if you're somebody that I care about. And if you're in my presence, I have a heart for you. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's one of the biggest things. You're your biggest, you spend the most time with yourself. You want to, you want to level up, level up, stop bullshitting yourself, man. Stop, stop talking yourself up when you know damn well that's not, don't play yourself. Play whoever else you want, but don't play yourself. <laughs> don't play yourself. Come on. Sure, you got to sleep there's, with yourself. Some... You got to wake up to yourself. Don't play yourself. That's crazy. There's some really uh, inspirational words, man. I appreciate that. Um, before we wrap things up, I uh, just wanted to ask you, do you, guys, do you have any questions for us? Man, I, I, I don't want to seem like um, I'm self-centered, man. But, uh, I mean, I wasn't thinking of any questions, but... I mean, do you, would you like to add or, um, man, yeah, how about, how about, how about yourself? Like, where, where are you at? Where, where, um, in your, in your scope of life, like, at this state, you know, even with your podcast, you're taking that leap of faith. I mean, you know, you're, you're asking these questions. I can only imagine that's because you, you, you love the, the, the topics in this industry and this lifestyle. Um, what do you want for yourself? So I can, I can go first. Um, in late 2019, I founded a company called Numbrella. 
And we, we're a tech company. We help uh, restaurants, coffee shops, and breweries implement text message marketing into their ecosystem. And we also track customer data analytics on who's coming into the store, how long they're staying, what days they're coming in. And we present those analytics uh, to our, our clients via a, a website that they can log into and see their account. So I've been doing that for the past six months or so. And COVID-19 definitely did introduce some complications into that venture. But now that things are starting to reopen up, we've really started to see some traction in the past week or so. And I'm just enjoying the process, man. Uh, COVID was a very, it was one of those times where like, you know, you really had to, to test your character as you're talking about because no, no restaurants were even open. They weren't thinking about buying a service that could give them customer data or allow them to text their, their clients, right? They're, they're just trying to stay afloat. But, uh, you know, as things are starting to open up, it's, there, there's been some real traction. We're starting to develop a sales team and I'm just enjoying the entrepreneurial process. Yeah, bro. That's what's up, man. And COVID, keep that same energy, man, because, you know, economics is math and um, numbers don't lie. So, you know, you got to understand that it's the world economy that was affected. So there's going to be some more necessary innovation and adaptability to what you're doing. And whoever that's been a, a focus of mine is figuring out how do I innovate in this moment? I'm not it's affected me. Um, I, with, so far, we lost probably like $50,000 in sales and annual, like not sales, but an annual revenue because of this, because client had, you know, two clients had to pull back. Um, so, but ah, that's cool. Like, it's just about how, what next? It's always what next and how do you respond? It's never about what happened. That don't matter. It happened. Let's, let's, let's move forward. You know, so sure, that's the conversation that um, we need to have with ourselves is, okay, this happened. What do we do to move forward? And take this moment because this moment will never happen again for probably, hopefully, but statistically, maybe 10 to 20 more years, which means that there's opportunity in this moment because it's a unique situation, right? So when something new happens, technically and specifically in our generation, that means um, different possibilities are presented. So, uh, yeah, man, look for that thing, be that thing. I'm sure there's something that, that, you know, a quiet voice talking to you or something you've not thought of yet, or somebody who's going to step in at some point and, but look for it now in this moment, you know, um, cause this is a unique situation. Like right now I'm developing some stuff that I know would only benefit during this time, you know? Um, and if I don't jump on it now, then I'm gonna lose the opportunity. It's like, for me, um, back when I was introduced to Bitcoin, when it was $14 a Bitcoin, I could have literally bought 100 Bitcoins at that point. Somebody wanted to buy something and exchange uh, uh, um, $100 worth of Bitcoins. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't know, digital currency, are you kidding me? Let me get paper <laughs> money, who does this? And like, I'm like, oh damn, I could have had almost 100 Bitcoins. You know what I mean? Like. Bitcoin's so, been a recurring topic on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm definitely involved in tech um, as much as I possibly can. It's a part of my life too, man. I'm a tech guy. Uh, but yeah, man, salute to you, bro. And, and, you know, anything I can do to help, you know, and however we can intertwine and, and continue the momentum on both sides, 
Uh, that's what this is about. This is the exact thing that I was telling you about networking and establishing a sense of, of value, you know? So, uh, like I said, I'm here, bro. So holler at me whenever. And, you know, it's all about making it make sense. Let's make sense of it, you know? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. man. For sure. One of, the, one of the things, Frankie, that I had, um, that I've always wanted to do uh, at, at, at least, uh, you know, with the things that I develop. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, storyteller uh, at my core. And I think there's just so many uh, talented people in Chicago that's doing the same thing as me. You met, and, you know, that's you guys like you, I met in, in the city. And you mentioned earlier, yeah, like creating that network, man. Uh, I really want, I really wanted this year to, uh, to, do some, uh, to do some things just to get all of us together you know just to get uh, a bunch of creatives together obviously that was pre <laughs> pre shut right. I, was, I was talking about I, I really wanted to do some uh some uh chicago networking events for creatives by creatives um that's changed a little bit and now i'm kind of putting those ideas you know adapting like you said kind of putting those ideas into something like this uh using the network that we're building with like minds just to keep us connected you know uh and you're somebody that you know everybody's going to benefit from uh, connecting with you could just because you're so positive and you're so Thank you. um, uplifting and it, it feels good to, you know, to talk to you and it feels good to uh, have conversations about uh, creativity. We didn't even get into everything I wanted to get into. <laughs> hey, dude, I appreciate you, bro. And part two, you know, we definitely have to have a part two when I back bring you back, man. Yeah. Maybe we could even do it in, you know, in an actual room setting, you know? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, for um, sure. And uh, yeah, real quickly before we depart, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna holler at you and uh, I'm working on a project related to everything going on. Okay. And um, I, got, I got some people involved and you know that last spoken word that I did with that video? Mm -hmm. I was running like in the middle of LaSalle. Yeah, yeah that was Chicago. cool. Um, so, but this is gonna intertwine a lot of creatives in the city. Okay. Um, and it's gonna be a, a voice, let's put it like that. Okay. So I, 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 when I get back to the city, I'll be back in Chicago Monday. I'm gonna holler at you, let you know, cause it's something that is heavy on my heart and on my mind and I'm very, very emotionally involved, but I'm choosing to not respond with emotion, mm -hmm. but taking that and redirecting that energy into a creative space mm -hmm. so I can articulate how I feel effectively. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I want to say all kind of FUs about everybody and all kind of feelings to all kind of things and tell people to shut up. But then at the end of the day, you just realize that people just don't understand and, and, mm -hmm. Maybe this person could have conveyed it in a way that people speak different. Mm -hmm. So you ha when you can communicate the way that I'm receptive, you have the floor. Mm -hmm. The moment you don't understand me, I lose connection. So um, that's without getting into that, because I could sit here for another three hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up and... Uh, Absolutely. That'll be probably our re our reintroduction creatively on something. I think you would want to be a part of this because it's it's necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would love to be a part of another project with you. Uh, 
one last thing, just tell them where they can find you, Frankie. Tell them where they can connect with you, Instagram, websites, whatever you got. Man, bro. Um, not nah, joking. I'm making it seem like it's hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, bro, the plug. You want me to plug the people? That's like, uh, Fra- Frankie Fabre, man. F-R-A-N-K-I-E. Last name F-A-B-R-E. All platforms. TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, uh, Reddit. Uh, uh, did I say YouTube already? Nope. Nope. Did I say YouTube? YouTube, uh, Twitter. Catch me on Twitter, baby. I'm saying stuff. Uh, Twitter. Um, yeah, I think that's about all the platforms I'm on. You can get FabreMedia.com, FrankieFabre.com. Fabre Media is my agency. Frankie Fabre is more just like me personally. Uh, I'm going to be revising that platform a little bit to articulate more of my vision since it's grown. I've kind of neglected that site, but it exists. So yeah, man, I would, I would suggest start with Instagram and then we can connect from there. And if you're a creative and you just have a desire, either want to grow, you already, you're already there. You like my work. Um, and you want to connect on a creative level you know, uh, let's, let's make it happen. Um, if it makes sense, then I'll definitely, you know, put myself out there for you. If you're a potential customer or client, you know, uh, contact me. And if it, if we can mesh well and there's chemistry there, I'm more than happy to be able to provide my services, you know, uh, to you. So. Absolutely. Thanks again. It was a pleasure talking to you, Frankie. It's a pleasure meeting you. Absolutely. Thanks again, Frankie. Thank you for taking the time to come talk to us on the podcast. Uh, yeah, definitely would be open to doing this again. Definitely. Would be we should. Absolutely. Low key. I, I, I'm actually working on my own podcast right now. So okay. I have on as guests. Yeah, absolutely. For We're sure. definitely down. Looking forward to that. All right, All Frankie. Right. Take care, man.